Yo, John Fitch here. John Fitch knows nothing, and we got a special treat today. There weren't as many fights as normal this weekend, so I thought we'd have on a special guest because there are also some uh, outstanding fights I'm looking forward to in the bare knuckle realm. So I thought I'd get the expert on the show today. So here we have it, Chris Lytle. Lights out, Lytle. The man, the myth, the legend. Best commentator in uh, combat sports today. Welcome to the show. Man, too kind, John. Thank you. And I got to tell you one thing, man. Your, your, your title's deceiving, man. John knows everything. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about, dude. I know I get the thick. He knows nothing. But, man, uh, I love listening. I listen to every show. So uh, nice. the things you break down, the way you do it, uh, phenomenal. People don't understand. You know, you have a great eye and understanding from a fighter's point of view. So, you know, knows nothing. I love it, but uh, it's wrong. You know, you get it. Man. You understand all aspects of this stuff, and I love it. It's to keep me from getting sued. <laughs> I can't get in trouble. Whatever like allegedly before that, everything. That's how we are today, man. You got to watch out. You might get sued. Who knows? Yeah, you got to watch out. You never know. Some guy just got, got in trouble for a meme back in 2016. Who did? I don't know, some guy made a Hillary Clinton meme, and he just got convicted of some kind of weird stuff. I don't know. Uh, I mean, don't get me started on the political realm. I'll go knock <laughs> your ear off that one. It'll be ugly. Yeah, but, so a lot of people don't know. You 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 dabbled a little bit in politics, right? Yeah, what, what I realized really quick in 2011, 2012, I ran for state senate, and I realized they don't want people like me and you up there, man. Like they, mm. As soon as they figured out that I really wasn't part of the establishment, both sides hated me, and it was ugly. Yeah. Yeah, they don't they, yeah, they got to have somebody they can manipulate and if you have you have standards and and yeah. boundaries and they, you have they, to leave. they want a yes man who's going to like toe the line and, and do what they're told and when they when they find out that's not you they they love me at first they found out all the like I got so many people to sign up like people who didn't register ever like that I call like the the blue collar people they saw me they love me fighting and they and they try to sign up like we, this guy you know, got more guys to sign up in two hours than we have in two years. So they loved it, but then they realized that I'm not you know, going to. We, we can't control this guy. He's not a puppet. Exactly. They hated me. <laughs> it's such a sick reality we live in. Yeah, it's it's sad, but, you know, man, let's talk about some people getting beat up, dude. You know yeah, I mean? let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about some other people getting beat up rather than us getting beat up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh yeah, so have you been watching? Did you watch the Bellator events? Do you keep up to date with a lot of the P, the PFL, the Bellators, the One FCs? Do you get a chance um, to watch any of them? If I can, man, I've been. Uh, I'm in your neck of the woods right now. I'm a There's counselor. so many of them, you know. It's it's hard to follow sometimes. You know, I, here's what I can't figure out. Like, I like the PFL, but I just can't figure out how they make how they how they still alive, man. How they making money? I mean, they they, they sign people, they pay all that money out. It's like. I don't know anybody else besides. We've, we've talked. Hardcore. We've talked about it on the show before, but I kind of I have, I have sneaky suspicions about a lot of the promotions and how they make money, rather than viewership. I think I'm not saying it's nefarious necessarily, but I don't think it's strictly like, hey, we got a bunch of eyeballs watching our show, so that's where we're generating money from. I think it's almost like they're running scams on investors or something. Or uh, some guys were alleging what I've seen was laundering money. Well, I mean. I hope not because I love what one FC does. I mean, yeah, I don't mind the mix, like the mixed cards where you get like a grappling match, a kickboxing match, and the MMA. I don't mind it. 
and to be honest with you, to me, some of the biggest, like, I love, I, I love the old pride type rules and the pride mm-hmm. as far as like, you know, you want to get guys in here and the goal is to go out there and, and it's not just to win a decision, it's to go out there and, and fight, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I love those old rules because even when I used to go to Japan, it wasn't a, like, I think there's too much emphasis on wins and loss now. Like, I want people to go out and fight and if they lose, and you go out there and fight, you're still going to be respected and loved. You know what I mean? Like, like pride. I mean, some of those guys had not good records, but people loved them. Uh, yeah, I I think we've you know because we we're old guys, so so we were around with the NHB days, right? Yeah. We we you, you say NHB, we know what you guys are talking about. Some some of the kids today they have no idea. And there was was, a, hey, it was all NHB. Yeah, it was NHB. MMA was even that was a it was a battle even then. Like people call it UFC now. Like it's yeah. not. It was NHB before. That was the original name of it. And, uh, man, like Mark Kerr, headbutting guys, cutting them open and then rubbing his thumb in the cut to make the cut bigger. <laughs> like, that was like where I, where we, you know, the stuff that I was like, oh, this looks fun. <laughs> and now it's all prettied up. Now uh, me and my girlfriend, we joke and say, like, uh, it's like we're watching a bunch of Instagram models. Well, I mean, you know, I know we're going to get into this later. So, we're, I mean, Hell, I, I love a throwback to one of the guys you're talking about there, like Luke Rockhold in his last UFC fight. It's like grinding blood in his opponent. Blood in the guy's face. We're going to talk about him later, but I, man, some people want to like that. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it, it is. like That's what it was, blood and guts. It was about the fight to me. It wasn't, I feel like it's, it switched too much to the, the nonsense outside of the fight. I want oh. to know what the best techniques were, what the best styles were, what the best methods were. It wasn't so much about the personality of the guy. That wasn't as important to me. Well, I mean, you know. The personally, I, the personality came out in the fight. That was important. But, yeah. 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 But, I mean, the, the pre-fight stuff didn't matter. Like, you didn't talk trash and, and like, throw bottles at people. And because, like, who cared? nobody cared. You just wanted to go out there. It was all about fight night. It was all about fight night to me. I want to go out there and knock your head off. You're going to knock my head off. Yeah. We're going to go out there and do battle. But, I mean, like. Who cares what you say beforehand? And then <laughs> I never thought about that. It all it all sounds the same after a while, anyways. It's all fake. It's all, yeah. I mean, it's all like it's all window dressing for the real fight. And you can be the best at that and not fight at all. Not I don't know. I don't respect it. Yeah, it's, it seems like a waste of energy. I always yeah. thought that the guys who talked the most were always the guys who were most scared. And I and I'm gonna bring this up. I remember you know the, this guy's in a lot of trouble right now, Phil Baroni. But I remember, like, the first time I remember I fought in UFC 45, the 10-year anniversary, I was fighting Robbie Lawler, and, and he's in my, my locker room, and all of a sudden, like, the door gets kicked open, and I look over, and, like, you know, some dude walks in with his ghetto blaster, boom, 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 boom. like, who's this? And, like, three guys walk in, and Phil Brony walks in at the end. I'm like, who the hell? Okay, what is this guy doing? And then somebody came in, and anyway – He's warming up, and, and, and like a few minutes later, I look over and he's like crying in the corner. I'm like, "What is going on with this guy? Like, he's all over the place." And then uh, he ended up losing his fight to Evan Tanner. But like, a few, I was like, "This guy's gonna be a dick. He's gonna whatever." He came over to me a few minutes later and he's like, "Hey, man, I thought you fought really well." He was really nice to me, but I just remember yeah. thinking, but when he started crying over well, there, like, he's not you confident character. like you think. He's not super. He's faking like he's confident, but that. Arrogance. I mean, he's super insecure in himself, and he's trying to portray his confidence, but he was not at all. <laughs> yeah, it happens a lot, man. Um, yeah. So, what? What are? Uh, 
Are there any guys outside of like the UFC that you're you keep an eye on at all? Uh, you know, I just saw that uh, Sage is coming back. It looks like, man, I know he was over there and won. And I remember he got. People think you leave the UFC, you're gonna dominate, man. We've seen that many times. No. Oh, they got wrecked. So I'd like to see. Mm, He's been off for a while. I want to see what he does when he comes back. I I have a working theory that a lot of the top 10 in the UFC aren't really top 10 fighters at all. There's just that the UFC's had a monopoly on controlling titles and rankings and ascension to title for a decade at least, and it's watered down. Well, I would perception that they're the best is there, but and they have an ironclad hold on it. But I don't think they actually have the best fighters. I listen to you, and, and I know you said, uh, and I would agree with some of the point, like the top ten, not necessarily top. It's not in the top ten in the world. There is a yeah. handful of other great guys. The problem is, like, think about it, John. If you're whoever you are, if you're thinking, if I want to get the most publicity I can ever get, you the have most to, amount of money and the, yeah, and the biggest, I mean, the biggest showcased fights. Where are you going to go? You got one yeah, place. But, but, I mean, some of those guys from PFL, though, if they're making a million dollars, they're making way more than the UFC guys. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just don't understand how they're doing it, first of all. But, second of all, it's just like, if you want the most publicity, you got you got to go to the world one of those eyeballs on, that's UFC. Yeah. So, it, it, they got the strangle. Well, just like the stupidest thing in the world to me is the slap fights. They Dana gets this that's on ridiculous. TV. To me, I mean, you can't even I defend can't, I cannot believe... See, this, this is also, to me, is a, is a result of UFC Monopoly because the commission has to bow down to Dana White wanting to do this. I don't think, I don't think if the UFC wasn't as powerful and didn't have the influence that it does over the commissions, I don't think this gets regulated. How can you – like, they, they won't regulate a bare-knuckle boxing match. At least in bare-knuckle, you could dodge. You could yeah. fight. You can't even defend yourself. And I mean, like, I talk to a referee, and they're like, if it's up to me – I stopped the, this match before it goes on because a referee's told as soon as they can't intelligently defend himself, stop the fight. You can't, you can't do that in and in, in slap fight. You, you never, you never, you never get to intelligently defend yourself. Never. They stop it before it started. You can't. You have to sit there and take it. You're gonna get guys wrecked, brain. I mean, it's crazy, man. I don't understand it. That that is, yeah. How after all the like the NFL lawsuits and the damages that are having to pay to those guys because they knew. I don't understand how it's possible. I mean, there's going to be problems, but that's the problem. You got, you know, Dana White UFC. They got the – all they have to do is say, yeah, put a TV contract. Gets it on TBS. Come on, man. That, that's yeah. just – that's nuts. That's dirty. <laughs> yeah, it's well, wild. Bread and circus, man. Bread and circus. Yeah. Hey, I understand in some levels, but, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I'm the opposite. <laughs> I can't – I'm a purist. I can't do it. Yeah, you got to – I that I feel that way. I'm mean, I'm that way with like pro wrestling. Like people ask me if I'd ever do pro wrestling. I'm like I'm not gonna let somebody like chop me and slam me if I'm not like defending myself and like trying to beat them up. Like I'm not gonna let you do it. Yeah, so. there's. I'm amazed when I'm like you know I do the commentary for the bare knuckle. I love it, and I'm amazed at how many guys there they talk pro wrestling stuff. And I just keep looking at them like I, I like I quit watching that when I was like ten. You know. I yeah. Just, once I figured out it wasn't real. Yeah. Done. I'm, I remember my first when I went first like in like sixth grade I started wrestling mm-hmm. and somebody was like and I was like you mean they don't hit the mat three times it's just once and they're like yeah one. I was like I don't understand like I was I was a mark I guess I was a nerd I thought it was pro wrestling rules and it wasn't yeah I was uh, I was pretty shocked that it wasn't <laughs> what I thought it was <clears throat> yeah 
Um, so, like, are you planning on watching the uh, UFC 87 card, the Adesanya Piera fight, the rematch? I, I mean, I'm sure I will. You know, I usually always try and watch the big ones. Yeah. Uh, they put on so many, though, it's hard to watch all of them, but I, I like to try and watch the big ones. And what do you think about that fight? Oh, uh, man. So, yeah, I mean, they're both, I think they're pretty evenly challenged, matched, you know. I don't think that anybody's going to dominate either one. But Pierre seems to have – he definitely has more pop. He has more heft in those those punches and kicks when he lands. It just seems like you see much more of a reaction when guy when he get hit, when he hits somebody, you know. And uh, Izzy, Izzy kind of runs runs and, and picks at you. And if you don't charge in, he can't, he can't pick at you. So as long as Pierre doesn't run in, I think he's going to win that fight. I think he wins that fight every time if he doesn't run in. Pierre is such a – I mean, I don't think people realize how big of a guy he is, like six yeah. foot four, hits a ton. Yeah. And, and, you know, people equated him to, like, John Jones, about the same height, length. I mean, he could be a problem for anybody. And, and, I, and I think they're trying to make him – I don't think he wants to cut that weight anymore. I think eventually he's going to go up and so – I, I tell you what, I think Bo Nickel beats both of them right now. Man, Bo's a problem for everybody, and they don't want to, they don't want to acknowledge it or deal with it. And – yeah, I mean that. Not only people don't understand. I don't think it's not just how tough he is, but like when you train at Penn State with that kind of mentality and work ethic, it's different. I mean, it's a different you know, level. People yeah. talk about that. You know better than anybody. You mm-hmm. trained at the Big Ten school for wrestling. Yep, that's harder than any fight camp, I think. If any did it for what four years, five years? Did you have redshirt a year? Yeah, so. And that, that's a different level. That's a different pedigree. Yeah, you're right. He's been battling. He's been literally fighting guys hard for a long time. So, you know, some guys transition very well over to fighting too when they start throwing the punches because their the wrestling style was kind of like a fight anyways with everything open hand. Um, if you can get a wrestler who can take a punch and throw a punch, who's that level of wrestler, they're gonna be. They got the dedication, the work yeah. ethic. They're going to be a problem for anybody. They're going to be world champ contender right there. I mean, the problem is you get a wrestler who all of a sudden you find out they don't have a chin. You can't work on that. I don't. I mean, your chin is bad. Your chin's bad. The, the guys that you, they hit and they start turning away right away. Like you can tell. But if you don't, if you if you are like if you don't have that, if you're naturally, I mean, the sky's the limit. If you're a hard nosed wrestler who can punch and, and take a punch, you're going to be a world champ, in my opinion. Yeah, I think yeah. Well, it, it all it all uh, depends too. We got somebody in the chant mentioning Aaron Pico, and yeah, that, matter, we, that matters too. We got to see him get hit. We got to see him get hit a couple times. Clean. I mean, Pico was the most hyped up guy I've ever seen. They they believed him. He was this and that. And I remember I was at his first real fight in Bellator. My buddy Mitchell. I was thinking this is too fast. Yeah, they they. I mean, they put that uh, Zach uh, Freeman or whatever, and Zach had like 10, 11 fights. He's like, he was felt disrespected. I was like, man, that's. That's a lot of – you should put him in with a guy who's had two fights, three fights. Nice experience, yeah. That beat him. It was – I was so happy for Zach. It was like they thrown that guy to the wolves, and you got to – people don't understand how important it is how to put the right matchups in. And yep. a good manager and a good trainer and a good matchmaker make the difference. And if you could really screw people up, and I think they have with him. Yeah. <laughs> but And uh, for watching the show, you'll know I say all the time, I don't think we have actual managers. We have broking agents or booking yeah. agents. You know, Man, I remember, I remember, they don't really look for the best. They they look for right now. What can they, how much money can we make right now off this guy? Because they're just going to cycle through and have somebody else. So 
John, I'm not sure who your management was, but I remember I had managed it, and I always thought you don't want a manager with like a lot of guys in the UFC because then you start becoming a bargaining chip. Like, hey, I'll give you Chris if you throw me these three guys or get a new guy. Like, you don't want a guy with a lot of guys, and you want a few managers. There are guys, there are guys with hundreds. There are managers with hundreds of guys. That just that just reeks of corruption. How can you how can you go to bat for every single contract and know what's in every single contract if you're signing hundreds of them? Let's and see. then you got to wonder: Are they working for the organization? Or are they working for you? Exactly. I always say that there's there's no way if the if the promoter likes your manager, your manager's screwing you over. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> if they get along, if the, if your promoter's not calling him a son of a bitch, like every time you talk about it, talk about him, whatever, something's up. Hey, say what you will about Monty Cox, but the UFC hated him. You know what <laughs> I mean? And he no, got his like way either. Didn't like Dwayne Zinkin either. <laughs> yeah. if, they, if, if they hate you, it's probably a good thing for you. So do you think uh, Pierre is going to win that fight again? Man, I mean, you'd have to think so. He's already beat him twice. And um, so three times. He's been three times now, isn't he? I think, I think so. I think he's got his number. I think, I mean, it's hard to beat somebody four times. But, I mean, I think – it's a different level of strength and power. If he hits you, he's going to hurt you. I mean, I, I think he's too big, too strong, and he, he's got his number. If he hits him, he's going to hurt him, I think. Yeah. What about uh, Masvidal and Burns? You know what, man? I mean, I've heard you talk a little different on this one. I think Burns is a freaking beast, man. I think Burns mm-hmm. is an animal. I think he's good at all aspects. I mean, He'll fight you. He's a he's a throwback. I guarantee whoever you call him. He fought. He fought fought really tough against Kazmit too. He looked good. And like a week's notice, like he will fight anybody anytime anywhere. He's just looking for an opportunity. That guy, in my opinion, is underrated. I think he's good everywhere. I think Masvidal is a great fighter, but I think he's got a couple holes. And if he and I think Burns will expose him. Yeah, I I love watching Masvidal fight. I don't think he's a top guy. I don't think he's a top guy. I think he's one of those guys who's always entertaining in every fight you put him in. But I don't I don't think he competes and wins against a lot of top people. One hundred percent agree. He's always gonna be fun to watch and he's always gonna put on a great fight. But the problem with that is if you just want great fights and fun fights, it takes two guys to make that fight. And if you got a guy who just wants to win, he's gonna put Masvidal where he doesn't want to be and beat him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's gonna happen over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, Masvidal's entertaining fun he's that just like an old school throwback like you want to do with those bare knuckle fights bare with knuckle stuff. but he, he got holes and they will be exposed at the top level yeah absolutely um there's uh this kid right there's the kid that they have fighting the 18 year old rosa jr you know anything about him what Very do you think about what are, you, what are your opinions on an 18 year old Fighting for the UFC. I've seen him fight, but I mean, well, John, you know how different it is now. Like when when, when we were, you know, he, there was nobody. If anybody was young, they started fighting when they were sixteen, and they were like, yeah. I mean, now people have been fighting, training since they were six. Yeah. And they're good at all aspects, so it's different. But I mean, still, I don't care if you're eighteen, you're trying to fight against grown men. It's going to be tough, man. In my opinion, you might catch, you might do this, but like. I think as you get into any upper edge on, you're going to have problems, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. There's a level of experience, maturity, and strength. Done growing. 
that's what I mean. I, I just think it's going to be hard for him to, to do well. I mean, he'll beat a couple of the lower-level guys, and they might throw him a couple bones just to help them build off a young guy. But I think it's going to be tough for, for him to beat anybody upper at that age. Yeah, and it sucks too because the potential of this guy, I think it's a, a major letdown of management because – if the kid gets on a run and they throw him in there with the dogs, like he's going to, he's going to maybe get torn apart and not, not actually hit where his peak could have been. Well, once again, we got that Pico situation. Like people, you know, I, John, I used to think back in the day, like the people in charge knew they're so smart. They know all, they don't know anything. Like they don't know anything. I, I don't they're growing children most of the times. Yeah. They, they don't know what we think they do. Like they, they're like, they get, lucky accidentally making great matches like man you've been around the midwest series like how if you have like two thousand hours to put on eight fights you know how tough that is these guys got unlimited money and they got the best guys in the world wanting to fight for them how easy would it be to put on fights you don't have to be a good matchmaker or a good strategizer to make great fights it's easy but somehow they accidentally get lucky and make great fights i feel <laughs> yeah a lot of times uh they're not as smart as they think they are a lot of times nah. <clears throat> usually end up shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, I mean, like, just setting fights up the right way and, like, this guy, we're going to build him and, and do the right thing. Like, they, I don't I don't mm -hmm. think they understand how to build the right people at the right time. Well, it's all – I think it's all um, – I think it's because, you know, the structure of the sport, I think, because you you have a popular guy. You have a really – a guy who builds up a lot of notoriety. You have something big, like – they're always going to jump ship. So it's like, I feel like everybody's trying to cash on right now. Mm. I feel like that's, I think that's one of the, uh, one of the things that goes along with the structure of how everything's run is like, you always end up having people just trying to make the right money, as much money right now and not thinking about what's happening two or three or four steps down the road. Man. And, and you know, that's how I feel. I remember when I was doing boxing, I felt like boxing was always like a fire sale every time. Like, this is the only fight that matters. Everything goes into this one, then it's like they're done. Like, hey, look, man, I thought I thought box, I thought thought MMA was crazy. Then I got into boxing. I was like, oh, my God, you guys are a different level of nuts, man. So, I don't know. All right. Uh, so, let's let's get into some uh, the better knuckle fights. Love it. Yeah, the next uh, the next three cards are pretty pretty compelling. At least you got a few fights on there. Um, next one is Strauss and Nguyen. Yep. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Um, like I didn't even like. When how long has Strauss been fighting? In the bare knuckles. Bare knuckles. He was just in Bellator recently, I thought. Yeah. He's like a Bellator champ. We just brought him over to bare knuckle. He said, he's like, I'll fight anybody in a bare knuckle fight. You know, all right, you know, bring on Dat Win. Dat Win has not fought for us in a while. Man, that guy's been phenomenal for us. He fought anybody, anytime, anywhere. He's looked really good. Uh, beat Johnny Bedford, only got to do so. And um, a lot of people thought he looked good against Palomino. Very close fight. He lost it, but, I mean, came up a weight class. Uh, it, it was um, – that is a problem for everybody. That's going to be a lot of fun, you know, because yeah. Russell is like a, a multi-time Bellator just looked phenomenal. So, I mean, yeah. I don't care what anybody says. Your first bare knuckle fight's different. You know, I, I mean, I had about 100 fights. I fought a bare knuckle. I was like, man, this is weird. So, it just takes a little bit to get used to. I think I think it's going to be a tough fight fighting that in your first fight. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I talk about this often. Um, I haven't had a bare knuckle fight. I've gotten hit with bare knuckles before. It hits different. It's, it's a different type of knockout, right? It's completely different. Well, you, I mean- uh, you get hit with those little those little knuckles. There's no padding. It's kind of like a little hammer, a little ball peen hammer, bone on bone. John, the only way I've described it is like when you get out there, if you've had a lot of fights, I'd say you feel naked. You're like something's not right. You know, it's like, oh, and I remember the first guy, I was in England, he would have thrown a punch. I remember I thought, I'm going to hit him with an uppercut right now. And then I remember thinking, well, if he's with that knuckle, he's knocking me out, you know, and he's backed me up for a minute. I was like, this is different. It took a minute to get used to, but after you do, it, it's a totally different sport. People don't get it, but it's, it's, it, it takes a minute to get used to, and Dat's already had that experience. I think it's going to be an interesting fight. I think, yeah, I think uh, that will be interesting because this is, is this going to be Strauss's first bare knuckle? Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a tough one to take right away. That's a really tough one to take because, no, because guys get hit. Guys get hit with the jab, right? They get hit with the jab and they just take a knee sometimes. And that's a problem we have too. Like, I keep saying, we I never want to have a guy here who's never had a bare knuckle fight because, yeah, like you're saying, they'll get hit once and they'll just turn around. I'm like, dude, you're embarrassing everybody. Like, <laughs> you never get, we can't have you fighting on the biggest level right here. We need to have, like, we're talking about having like an entry level organization, but it's not happening yet. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, who else do we have on that card? Who else notable on this card? I met uh, the sorrow. I met him in my last fight. Sorrow, a great fight, man. He's had he started off really well for us. Had a couple of knockouts, and they threw him up in the upper echelon. And you know, you come to find out. You know, he, he he knocked a couple guys out pretty quick, but he just didn't have the, the rounds, the experience, you know. So he, mm-hmm. he went back. He's been training for a year just straight, you know. So he's going against Townsville. That that should be. I think, he, I think he moved from California to Florida, too. Yeah. I mean, dedicated, man. He just, that's a beautiful thing about this. We're getting a lot of guys who are really dedicated. They're just like, you know. This is my sport now, and they're they're giving up on MMA, they're giving up on boxing, whatever they were doing, and they're training strictly bare knuckle now, and, and so it's just different, man. So that should be a great fight. I, I don't even know who's gonna win it, um, but both guys are, are really hungry to win this one. Nice. What else do we have here? Bostwick. Ooh, I'm starting. I'm starting to. I like. I'm starting to recognize. Watching out the fights, I'm starting to recognize some of these guys. I have seen Bostwick yep. fight before. Bostwick. I don't always remember which fight they had, but I do remember him fighting. Bostwick looked fantastic his last fight. Best he looked, but he's going against Isaac Doolittle. Isaac was like an inch away, like a second away from winning the title. You know, he, he had uh, he had uh, Richmond all but out on his feet in the second round. Looked phenomenal. And then he. Uh, he ran out of gas and he went for the kill. And, you know, if you go for the kill and you don't get it, it's a problem. And he ran out of gas. The next round he got hit in the body and got knocked out. So, I mean, I mean, Doolittle has looked phenomenal right now. That, that's, a, that's a really good match because, you know, Boswick has had several fights. Heavy hitter. Uh, Doolittle not as heavy of a hitter. He's, Doolittle's a wrestler. He will get inside and grind you, push you around. Doolittle's done a better job of making people fight his fight than anybody I've ever seen. Like, he looks like he's not going to be tough. Everybody thinks they're going to beat him, and he beats most people, and he beat everybody but one. So, I mean, 
He He's makes this fight his fight. Yeah, that's what I like about the bare knuckles. You're you're uh, able to get in tight, control elbows a little bit, hold the head and hit a little bit. Makes it a little bit feel a little more real. Well, that's what people don't realize. Like it is a 100% combination of of boxing and MMA. You know, you, you can get in there and you can push a guy around. You can grab him. You can pull his head down. You can hit him. All that stuff's legal. It's very much a cross. And, and like to be honest with you, I feel like the the MMA guys have done way better than the Baron, than the boxers have done. People thought it was just going to be boxing without gloves. It is not that. If you think that's what it is, you're going to have problems in there. Yep, it's uh, it, it's different. It's not. We see that with the the, the Pauly, uh when Pauly fought. What's his name? Pauly fought. Yeah, it was not a boxing match. Um. Randall, I think I remember seeing Randall fight. Ricci, I definitely remember seeing a Ricci fight. Was impressed with him. And Davis, I remember him too. Yeah. I can't remember where I saw him fight, but those guys I knew stick out. And, and that's what's making this so much fun now is when you get guys who've had two, three, four bare-knuckle fights and you see a pattern, see how good they're getting. And then they're fighting another guy who's had two, three, four, five. I mean, man, these are just great matchups you want to watch. I mean, uh, you know, every now we are bringing in guys from the trials who've never fought before. Sometimes you get great ones. Sometimes you get a guy who gets punched and turns around and walks away and quits. <laughs> like you said, I've never had anybody look at me and go, Chris, there was just too many knockouts tonight. I mean, there was nine knockouts out of ten fights. We hated that. Everybody likes knockouts. I wish the fights would go longer. Never said. It's never said. Everybody never wants said. that. Uh, then then uh, welterweight fight. Brito and Cox. What's going on with these two? Is this in England? That's in England. Brito's been one of our best fighters. And you know what? Just sitting there talking to him, it's amazing. This guy has really broken bare knuckle down and really went in and said, this is what works and this is what doesn't work. And he's trained and he's trying to figure out how and why. Making the sport his own, and it's, it, it amazes me because I remember that's what that's what I was doing back in 1999, 1998, <laughs> you know, trying to figure out how MMA worked, and it was just us sitting there. There wasn't like yeah. seminars to go to; you just went and learned. No, that's what this is. What bare knuckle is? That's what he's yeah, done. He had to piece it all together. <laughs> yeah, that's been him, and, and I, I like I've never seen Cox fight, but I'm hearing this, Chris. Do not sleep on this guy. This is a legit great guy, boxer from England. And I've had people say he's going to win this fight. I'm like, I don't think so, but people say he will. I mean, they say this is going to be a great fight. So I've got my eyes on this guy, Franco. Franco, yeah, he's got a lot of bare knuckle experience. A lot of bare knuckle. I I uh, watched him fight. And I said, this guy, this guy moves different, right? So yeah. I started going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, he looks like he's had a lot of fights. He's, had, I think, he's had, it might be. He's had at least eight bare knuckle fights now. Yeah. He, when, I mean, we heard before he was the best bare knuckle fighter who hadn't fought in BKFC, and then he fought in BKFC and dominated. Just, it looked yeah. like it wasn't even fair. So yeah. this guy's going to be a problem for everybody at that weight class. And, and, and people don't understand experience in this makes everything. And the guys from England fight different. I mean, look at Connor Tierney. Look at a lot of the guys that are just elusive. They get hit and don't get hit. They get the the whole aspect of. What boxing mm -hmm. is the sweet science, and they are very good at it. Yeah, and I like Landon. Uh, 
you know, I teach self-defense. I talk about self-defense a lot, and everybody's always talking about how, oh, just hit them, just whatever. You don't understand. You don't know how to throw your punch right. You don't know where to punch. It's not smart. Like, it's really easy to break your hand. Well, and that's the thing about bare knuckle. I mean, you know, I remember my, my last bare knuckle fight. I get tired in the fifth round. I throw a wild punch. My hand was hurt and swollen and big. It wasn't broken, people thought, but it was. I mean, like, you have to be, you have to hit in the right spots and you have yeah. to be dedicated, disciplined, throw not with 100% power and hit him in the face and then hit him as hard as you can. But throw as hard as you want to the body. It is different. You have to be smart, and a lot of people aren't. Yeah. I mean, you guys had, uh, what was it, Alv- was it Alvarez? Uh, the last fight um, with Bennett Jr. Yep. Like, he looked like he smashed his fingers pretty bad. Oh, dude. <laughs> We I cannot believe how tough some of our guys are. You saw the girl um, Sagala, like she she breaks her or dislocates her ankle in in knuckle mania three and puts it yeah. back in herself and tries to stand up on it again and then it went out again. Like these people are nuts. <laughs> they, didn't, they don't want to stop no matter what. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that uh, Franco fight again. See what he's about. Oh, man, I mean, he definitely has a lot of potential. You know, I mean, Connor Tierney has, I mean, look, I, I still think that's one of our best fighters, but man, say Jake Lindsay, like, just caught him with the punches last fight, timed him and, and put him down. And yeah. I'm not sure the referee stopped him. Crazy. Um, and then let's let's talk about the big card, the big card oh, coming up. Yes. That's what everybody's, I think, looking at. Um, every fight on this card is probably going to be pretty good. Gertz and Torres, Copeland, Helios. I don't know Helios, but Copeland I've seen. Yep. Camozzi, man. Yeah, we got Rothwell I'm, and Watson. This is going to be really interesting. I mean, every like I mean, Camozzi obviously last time looked phenomenal. Fought a high level guy, knocked him out in about thirty seconds. Um, Rothwell right there has got to be the favorite, but I mean, you know. Watson came through last time with flying colors. I mean, yeah. Watts, I mean, locked out uh, Greg Hardy. Unbel- I mean, nobody gave him a chance. And he's, I mean, you can just tell he, he came out. I mean, it, what a fight. The dude, ice in his veins. He just, yeah, he came out. He's a little wrecking ball, man. Like, I wouldn't count him out of any. He's got he's 282. His knuckles, his knuckles are huge across, and he just gets in a little <laughs> ball. He's got huge power. He's 282 pounds. If he hits you, he's knocking you out, I promise. I don't care who you are. That's ridiculous. <laughs> he's a beast. Yeah. Next, he's going to be up in slap fighting next. Oh, he better not. I'll punch him. <laughs> hey, Tim Sylvia. You hear Tim Sylvia's going to do slap fighting? Is he really? Yeah. Oh, damn, please come. He broke last, last week. He announced please his opponent. Is some guy he's going to kill. Uh, I mean, may I don't know what's going on in his life. Hopefully, I mean, he doesn't. But if he does, I mean, uh, I mean, he, he hopefully wins the coin toss because if you lose the coin toss, you get slapped first. Maybe he gets knocked out. I don't know. <laughs> Who wants out your whole career based on a coin toss? I know, man. That's that's uh, awful. Uh, we also have the ladies are fighting Rawlings and Farah. Freya. Faria. I'll tell you what, man. Christine Free is an absolute animal and a beast. And she's a problem for everybody. I mean, she, 
she she hits girls sometimes and they just turn around like i'm done i'm not doing this anymore <laughs> it, i've never seen anything like it so yeah she's a problem for everybody um and then we get into oh, the co-main and this is crazy this is crazy that this is fights coming together mendez and alvarez like um fc champ yeah I mean, man and mendez fought for the I belt mean, I, I think i think they screwed mendez over because they gave him a, a shot at connor on very short notice and i just like a couple yeah, like yeah, like two weeks or something. I think they, they screwed him over big time on that. Because if he would have had a real training camp, he probably would have won that fight. Well, because he's dominating the fight, he's taking kind of damage or whatever. I mean, people understand how tiring that is to keep taking somebody down. He did that, yep. and then he got caught after he, you know, got caught with the punch after that. But I mean, yeah, that could have been a different fight. And he fought for us once so far. That might be the difference. He has a little bit bare knuckle experience. Um, Alvarez he's, does not. He's also moving up a lot of weight. <clears throat> yeah. right so yeah. i mean that's that's the thing because is it only 55 or was it one c i thought i saw somewhere it was gonna be 165 i thought it was 55 but if they move up to 65 wow that's a big difference i don't know i have to, okay. look, I'll have to look into that i haven't seen yeah. that i don't know why so i i for some reason i saw that somewhere and um i don't know it stuck in my head maybe it was just a typo <laughs> who knows yeah we have a lot of those <laughs> we'll work but, yeah so mendez and uh, alvarez i mean yeah that's gonna be tough i think you know mendez though is more of a wrestler but he's also able to fight inside he might be able to um get to the head do the some punching can, and punching you know he can hit and the way he moves motion is fantastic yeah yeah that's good you know i mean Good movement, hard, heavy hitter. And, and in bare knuckle, it's a lot about whoever. If you can land that big punch first, that's what it's all about. You know, I mean, you have to mm -hmm. land that hard punch. Whoever gets off first, a lot of time wins the fight. Yeah. And then the, uh, the big fight. Rockhold, this is a surprise for a lot of people, I think, that uh, they managed to sign Rockhold. Man, I had, no, I had no idea that Rockhold was even in negotiations with anybody. Me neither. I mean, I had I'd never heard that. You know, all of a sudden, I, I my buddy, you know, Matt Mitrione called me and said, "I can't believe you guys did that." I go, "What are you talking about?" He told me, "I was like, nah, we're not even trying to get him." He goes, "No, I just talked to Luke." I called. I was like, "We signed Luke Rockhold." He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "What?" Nobody even told me that. That's wild. Yeah, but I mean, man, I mean, to me. What a fight right there. I mean, Luke Rockhold just, I mean, his last fight we talked about, Paulo Costa just, I mean, he's fighting, he, he's losing, but he's rubbing blood in his opponent's face. That's an old school throwback. That's a that's mm -hmm. a guy who needs to be doing bare knuckles. So I absolutely fighting, love Fighting until the very end of the fight, all the way to the bitter end. Yeah, that's the way it goes. I mean, and Perry has already proven to be just a, a beast. He just, he's yeah. We talked about it. We think a guy like that is in the chat. We think Perry's kind of built for bare knuckles. Yeah, I mean Perry just—he's he's a complete wild card. He'll just go out there and fight anybody, anytime. Um, doesn't mind getting hit. He'll, he'll trade, but he just like when he fought MVP, just pressured him the entire time. 
And that's one thing I love about this sport. If you just pressure somebody sometimes, I mean, pressure makes diamonds, baby. He just kind of broke them. How, how big is the bare knuckles ring? How big across is it? it? I think it's only like 22 feet, I believe is what I'm thinking. Okay. I'm not 100% sure, but it's not super big. It's not small. I mean, but if you want to move around a lot, you're going to have to be, you have to be on your bike if you want to make that work. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if somebody understands how to not follow you, but stalk and, and cut off the ring. You can do it. You just have to mirror their hips and step in front of them. It's going to be, it's going to, you're going to make them fight eventually. Kind of miss, I kind of miss those old days when you fought in the really small, tiny rings and cages sometimes. Eight feet, yeah. feet across. WEC, like early days, you like so you take one butt, step, you're right on the guy. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't much, there wasn't much, like you couldn't run. Yeah, you were going to no. fight the entire fight. No, you got to stand and fight. It's all. Now, did you, you ever know. fight WEC? I can't remember. I never got in WEC. We went and watched a bunch of shows. Um, a bunch of our guys got in, but I was always, you know, like I, I always had trouble. After I fought Shoney Carter, I nobody wanted to fight me at Welter, uh, Welterweight, you know, so it was like hard to find, and I had a hard time fighting anybody to fight me at, at middleweight sometimes too. John, I think the first time I trained with you, you fought at 205. Yep, yep. We came out to your little spot in uh, Indianapolis. It was like a yeah. – Old Jiffy Lube Garage. Oh, that was a terrible. We were there. Yeah, a little. You had one little tiny, rest half of wrestling mat. It was like kind of rolled up. It was terrible. You wouldn't even lay flat. And then you had a boxing ring. It was like handmade out of wood. Yeah, and hey, rope and duct tape. Those were the the dark day. I mean, man, you gotta yeah. understand Indianapolis. Like I probably had about fifteen different gyms I trained at, and it was just like trying to piece it together. The entire we'd have a real. Yeah. System really for a yeah, long yeah, that, that was me like trying to find a place to train so now it's like finally like, i'm just i want to move <laughs> yeah hey, it makes sense you didn't have any like i was already had you know four kids and was like on the fire department i was landlocked man i wouldn't go yeah. anywhere yeah i would have got out too man good for you <laughs> now i'm stuck here <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's the problem though. now i'm stuck in california <laughs> yeah, with the, with the wackos. But hey, man, it's cool out here. I'm out in Cali right now. I'm loving it. I'm hanging out with my daughter. Well, that's the you're in one of the best places in California. So like uh, that Carlsbad and and um, San Diego, like the 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 suburbs of San Diego, not the downtown area, but like it's more it's more like uh, conservative, and there's money there. People are more into fitness. A lot of military type people. For sure. That's so a nice spot. You go there and you go to uh, Huntington Beach is also a nice like area location. It's very, very opposite in uh, California, but that's it. Well, like, you know, I, I, I love the weather. I love the stuff here, but I mean, like just some of the wackos doing some wacky stuff. Like, I, I, I'd go nuts, I think, man. Like, yeah. if, if, I don't know. I don't want to get political, but whatever. It's just, uh, I, I think we're on the same page. Yep, yep. Um. Any uh. Any other big news in the bare knuckle world? We always have a lot of big news. Just trying to open up new states. I feel a lot of uh, similarities with, you know, when the well, UFC. So was, let's uh, talk about that a little bit. The uh, people didn't notice the that that new end fight and the Strauss fight is bare knuckle thirty thirty eight. You guys had thirty nine the other day, so. <laughs> Some people might be confused why the 38 is coming after the, the, the 39. Right? Yeah. So we have a fight scheduled 
in um, Delray, Florida last month. And we, the day before they canceled it, you know, so I don't know exactly what happened. They said like, it's totally legal in Florida. You know, we had a signed contract. They said they didn't see that it was a bare knuckle fight. I don't know what exactly happened. I'm not in that. Sounds, re- sounds like a Karen. Sounds like you had a complaining Karen who threw a wrench in the works. It could have been that. I'm a conspiracy theory guy. I think one of our competitors, UFC, who knows, somebody who didn't like us made a phone call maybe. I don't know. But somebody got this canceled. And so we didn't cancel it. We delayed it. We paid every fighter, you know, a portion of their purse. And then we're going to give them 100% of their purse, you know, like a month later. So they're, they're going to get like, you know, 130. I don't know. They're going to get a lot more than they would have got. So we're trying to make it right you know and i say we i'm just a commentator i'm not a member of mm. this but you know i just love this sport yeah. i think it's fun and so um, i'm trying to help them out and, and i always try to advise from a fighter standpoint like no matter what i do i'm always going to be a fighter first and foremost and i'm always looking out for the fighters and so i think that's one thing they they like about me is i'm trying to be like a liaison to try and help them because i'm like man i i can't i can't stand behind somebody who's not going to try and we're going to screw somebody over. I can never do that. So I always want to try and fight her, and that's what I'm trying to do here. Yeah, we got to take care of these guys. Because, I mean, it's not – the money doesn't cover most of the expense of the training we do. John, you know what gets me? Like, the reason I love bare knuckle right now is, like, I came out of retirement did a couple of bare knuckle fights because I, I, I want to try it. I'm like, to me, like, a lot of guys, when they do MMA for years – let's say you do MMA for 15 years – Bro, my body, try to get through a camp. My body hurts. You know, I can't no. do grappling. I can, takedowns hurt me, you know, everything. But I can still throw hands. Garbage, little, yeah. I can still throw hands. So I want to, I want other guys. The worst thing to me, if you have a guy who wants to keep fighting and they can't do MMA, if they get a boxing match, you're going to get your, your brain scrambled. You know what I mean? Like yeah. boxing, I had 15 pro boxing matches. I'm so glad I quit because I'd be brain damaged right now. I fought like an idiot. I, I mean, anybody who goes up there and fights like me, I fight like a Hispanic who just goes in there and trades. It's not good for you, man. If you get an older guy who goes in there and does that, they're going to get wrecked. Fight bare knuckle. You don't get hit nearly as much, and, and you can still have a little bit of a career, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. My thought. It's possible. <laughs> so I'm trying – I mean, I'm trying to get – I'm trying to get these commissions to understand, like, you don't take the damage, even in, like, not only in the fight, but in the training. Like, the first thing I felt, thought in doing bare knuckle training is, like, you can't get hit. So, it, I, in training, I tra- changed up my training in and out, not standing in front of the pocket. You you can't do that. It doesn't make sense because you get cut open. So, once yeah. I, I learned that, I figured, man, this is way safer for your brain you know, than you, a regular you know, box. Yeah, you can't you can't go blow for blow. Not with no. not with the bare knuckles. Too much, too much, too many cuts. Too much bleeding. Too much swelling. Yep, yep. Um, so we got through the fights. I wanted to ask about scoring. MMA scoring, because <laughs> it seems to be a problem for everybody, and it doesn't seem like we've gotten anywhere. Have you have you been familiar with the because they they changed they changed the criteria for MMA scoring in 2017? Are you yeah. familiar with the new the new rules? Um, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So I've read I've read the rules on the show a number of times, and nowhere in the rules does it mention the word damage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for some reason, every announcer, <laughs> except you, you haven't I haven't heard you use it. 
always goes by the criteria of who's doing the most damage in a fight. And this, uh, this drives me crazy. Drives me crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a lot of ambiguous terms that people say and a lot of different things. I, I don't think, here's my problem. I don't think even like the judges really quite understand because how can you have judges who get like a complete yeah. opposite scoring on mm-hmm. certain like, one guy 27, 20, 30, this one, one guy 27, 30 the other way. That should be impossible. How's that possible? That's why I don't really think they totally understand. And there's no really consequences for when you do a, a terrible job. Yeah. So quite, quite People don't even, most times they don't even find out your name or who the judge was. There needs to be, uh, I just always figured that the, the <clears throat> criteria should be written in such a way that somebody who doesn't even watch the sport should be able to read it once and, and, and guess who the, who won the fight. Like, yeah. you know, I, I make the joke. We, we have monopoly. We have monopoly. The kids are nine and 11. They can read monopoly and <clears throat> understand the rules and play a game within reading the rules right there. It's like, why couldn't you do the same thing with MMA? John, I would like to be a person who says you have to have had a, one fight before you can be a judge or a referee. I think, I don't want people, and I always tell people, like, I lost five split decisions, and the only reason I sleep, and I'm like, I don't care what three people who've never been in the fight in their life say about what I did. I don't care. You know? I want people who've been there who understand what's going on to be in there, but I get it. It's tough. Yeah, it's, uh, it's my, that's my conspiracy theory. It's, I, I don't think they want to fix scoring. I, I think it, I think it's a benefit to the promoter the more the, uh, the judges get fights wrong. Everybody likes controversy, man. You know what I mean? The wrong decision. We're going to run that back. We're going to do whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It, but also, it also keeps one fighter from possibly becoming too dominant and then getting to try to call the shots. Man, you know, remember when, like, the UFC was, like, they didn't bow down to anybody. The Conor McGregor was the first person who ever flipped the script on him. They're like, he, he's too big to fail. You know what I mean? Like, he couldn't. But even they, then, they end up getting. Changed the game for him. It really did they got a sizable amount of money out of all the stuff they, they kind of let him do. Yeah. You know, he was a wild stallion that they, that they broke, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's different now, but I mean, he was the first one who had, had them. Yeah. He had, he had that, he had that position. He had that ability and yeah, like the Mayweather fight, he didn't need the UFC to do that, but you know, he stayed with them and they ended up getting a percentage of that, of that purse. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they own part of part of his whiskey too. Really? I, I bet I would. I I don't think he's ever done anything that they don't have their fingers in. That's how they do business, man. And if he's got his name attached to anything, you can bet their you bet your bottom dollar that WME those people have their their hands in the pocket somewhere, hand in the hey, kitty. They're taking a percent because their, atti- their whole attitude is we made you. Yeah. Like, we gave you the we had the stage we gave you the opportunity so they're like the mafia every time you make a dollar you owe us money how do you think he's going to do in his next is he ever going to be able to get back to where where he was no i don't think so i don't think um like man i think he got a lot of leverage in his direction to win a lot of fights i'll give Credit where credit is due. He won the two big fights he needed to, which were Aldo and Alvarez. 
right? But I think he was he was kind of gifted along in a lot of the ways of you know getting pushed forward because he was um, notorious, right? He had a lot of viewership, so why not? But he won. He did. He won the he won the fights. Two fights. I think he needed to. But I don't think he is a top five guy. I don't think. I think there's a lot of guys that can beat him. I think there always could be guys that could beat him. I think I thought Mendez could have bought him, beat him at 45. But if Mendez would have had four weeks to train instead of two, you know, and I think a lot of these guys are offered potentially, allegedly, money in the back room to not fight the way they normally would fight. That's interesting. <clears throat> you know, even if it's like here, if you stand and bang. In this fight or whatever, if you go for the knockout in this fight, we'll give you this much. We'll give you a check for this much. Some something like that may be happening. Who knows? Because there's guys who've come in and just <clears throat> thrown away all their wrestling, all of their grappling, whatever, and just become a boxer sometimes. I and mean, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. I mean, does I don't know. Now, here's my thought with him. Now, like I think I don't know how much money he has. Let's say he has two hundred million i don't know i think it's tough to have 200 million and still care that much and be the most important thing in your life and if you don't have that i don't think you're ever gonna make it's like in rocky three when he had to get the head of the tiger like you, that's a movie you don't get it back i don't i don't, don't see how you can if it's not the most important thing in your life i don't say you ever get that back personally so i i, I don't see how it's ever i mean he might beat the he might win the next fight but i don't think he's ever gonna get back to the top i just don't see that mm. yeah i don't especially at uh at welterweight, I don't see him being at the top at welterweight. He's he's going to lose the speed, and he's not going to have the same power. And yeah, there's still some some killers there. I don't think he beats a lot of guys at welterweight. Yeah, and what the hell's up with Asada? Like they're just going to give him a free pass and not test him. It's such a joke. It's all a joke. I mean, the UFC's been caught with their pants down. What like five times covering up and got their hands in muddy waters around PEDs and stuff. John Jones, Brock Lesnar. Fails a test. We're gonna move the fight to California, and I don't care what happened. Like everybody else, if you had family flying out to Vegas, oh, I don't care. They have to fly to California. We're not gonna help you. I mean, well, how's that even on the realm? Corners gotta fly themselves. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, how's that on the realm of real that that really happened? That really happened. We're going to move the whole fight to California because this guy can get legal here, but not in Vegas. That's messed up, man. Nobody in Vegas, you can't get legalized. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's uh, it's clown world. It's really clown world. And nobody bats an eye. Hey, it would have been nice. John, wouldn't it have been cool to be one of those guys that they would bend over backwards for? Yeah, who did they, like uh, first class seats, like one of the nice penthouse uh uh, um, rooms staying in the hotel. Oh man, yeah. I remember this happened to me once. I had, you know, they always give you your contract. You get four tickets to the fight, and I said, "Man, I got my mother-in-law coming. I fought for you fifteen times. I got my mother-in-law coming. Can I get one more ticket?" They go, "Yeah, we'll give you a ticket. Two hundred fifty dollars out of your purse." I'm like, what? What do you? I say, "Chris, your contract says." I was like, "Forget it, man." I was like, so bad. I was like, "Man, I thought they just hated me." No, it's it's. Pretty much, unless you're a superstar, they 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 did the Randy Couture. I couldn't believe yeah. it. I was like, whoa! If you're not in the if you're not in a special class, yeah. No, when I was when I was going through the training camp, you know, when I was leading up and they announced the fight with George uh, St. Pierre, I got I got a window. I got to peek in to some of that treatment. Like this, <laughs> look what happens if you play ball. Look what happens if you sell your soul. 
yeah. look at all the look at all the things we can open up for you. Yeah, you know, like they they tempt you. It's wild, man. Man, just get rid of your manager. Come with us. Yeah. Man, <laughs> we get all the stuff. A different world, bro. It is. All right, man. Well, I think I've uh, asked you all my questions. I've taken up a bunch of your time. Um, John, uh, I, I really love having you on. This is awesome. I, I appreciate you letting me on. This is great. I listen to every show. You break this down great. Thank you for what you're doing. Keep it up. Um, let me know if I can ever help you out. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Keep listening, John Fitch. He knows everything. Don't listen to the title. <laughs> Thank you very much, Chris. And we'll be watching you on uh, uh, Bare Knuckle Fighting uh, coming up, some big events. Thank, thank you very much for, for coming on the show, Chris. My man, thank you. Appreciate it. All right. We'll check you later. All right, guys. That was outstanding. Fantastic guest. Um, for you guys, I want you to uh, make sure you go into johnfish.net, johnfish.net, and go to um, sign up for the newsletter. Sign up for my newsletter so you get all the stuff that I send out, all the info. Uh, I'm trying to find a thing for you because I want to share a screen. Because I, I have uh, my course is done and out and available. So I can show what it is. Actually, I should put it in the chat. It's down in the description already. I put it in the chat also. For y'all, right? Practical self-defense. It's available. You can get it here. Learn how to defend yourselves. Bada bing, bada boom. A lot of standing grappling, a lot of clinch. You're going to diffuse the situation. You're going to be safe. You need to learn how to fight, guys. Long story short, you need to learn how to fight, all right? Start with my stuff. It'll get you going. The intro to practical self-defense is free. You got to pay for this one. Um, we had a great guest tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Thanks for watching, everybody. And uh, I will check all y'all later. <laughs>